broken window garden. Broken window garden. Live improvised. Live improvised. Sound clips love. <laughs> Good evening. Today is Wednesday, March 14th, 2018. This is the Broken Window Garden. Our guest creator for this evening is Dan Fishback, playwright, performer, musician, and we welcome his uh, contributions to the giant pool of sights and sounds that make up this live sight and sound improvisation and without further ado let's get started i always like to start by saying anything you need to do to take care of yourselves please do it if you need to get up and walk around if you need to stretch if you need to laugh if you need to cry if you need to run out the door go to the bathroom if you need to buy a book anything you need to do the only bad audience is the dead audience and i can tell this is not going to be a dead audience Ideally create space. 
where, where people can be, be, feel that they're free and feel like they have a voice and can express themselves as themselves. And for me, it's a balance because I, when I want to just, there's a part of me that just wants to be an artist and wants to create. I certainly understand that it's not an age critical um, endeavor. And the music is. This desire for all music is for the See, that's the thing, in this country, like, you think about it like this. You have, like, two dominant political parties that people talk about, the Republicans and Democrats. But ultimately, they are not the, the, the party that has been responsible for the American, like, what's happened in this country culturally. The apathetic party is, the, is that party. That's who is really dominating our politics. That's how really short-sighted, like, small-minded, Give control of vastly powerful like instruments like the government, like the Republicans, like the, the Bush administration. I mean, it wasn't that some people voted for them, but then and so not enough people voted against them. You know what I'm saying? It was like it's just like that some people just didn't vote because they just felt disconnected entirely. So I think that if you're in the band, I'm not saying I'm not saying every band should sit on politics. I'm not saying that. If you're going to engage in expression, whatever you choose to do is a political act. If you're singing about like, how wonderful things, like how great the government is, and the government, or if you're singing in a way that supports it, you're like, our society's so great, so wonderful, but meanwhile, like, this country is paying to exclude little children. I don't know, it's
breakfast. Very 
versus right. That's too simplistic. And it's the way the opposition party media has always kept us out of power. I did not come here as a teacher. I came to Europe as an observer and to learn. And what I've learned is you're part of a worldwide movement that is bigger than France, bigger than Italy, bigger than Hungary, bigger than all of it. History is on our side. And the biggest reason the globalists have no answers to freedom. Let them call you racist. Let them call you xenophobes. Let them call you nativist. Everything in this country that would actually 
benefit, you know, the people who knew the most. You know, don't, no one would know. Those who are seeking to equate dissent with disloyalty. No one would know that Richie M., who was shot through the forehead coming onto Omaha Beach on June 6, 1944, wore different color socks on each foot because he thought it brought him good luck. That Eddie G. had promised to marry Julie W. the day after he got home from the war, but didn't marry Julie, because he never came home from the war. Eddie was shot dead on an un-American desert island, Iwo Jima. There's only so much time any of us can spend remembering those we love to have died. But the men, boys really, who died in our wars deserve at least a few moments of reflection, during which we consider what they did for us. They died. We use the phrase, gave their lives, but they didn't give their lives. Their lives were taken from them. There's more bravery at war than in peace. It seems wrong that we have so often saved this virtue to use for our least noble activity, war. The goal of war is to cause death to other people. And it's, it only works where you have people very adept at using firearms, of which you have many. And there would be teachers and uh, coaches, if the coach had a firearm in his locker when he ran out this guy, the coach was very brave. Uh, he saved a lot of lives, I suspect. But if he had a firearm, he wouldn't have had a run, he would have shot, and that would have been the end of it. And it would be, it's called concealed carry. I mean, I am a person who believes that some greater degree of control on guns would be good for our society. But these FBI watch lists are arbitrary, extrajudicial, deeply flawed, impossible to get off of, with no transparency. So using that as a basis for what is proposed as this sort of progressive political solution is just a terrible thing. There is a way that we can use limited politics to become a much better people and a better country without constantly moving in this direction of a more militarized and more police-prone society where the reaction to every violent and terrible incident is to appeal to the sort of theater of security. These events are so immensely complicated and the, the perpetrators and their motives are so immensely complicated and I think to seek that sort of I like to call it the prosecutorial impulse, the desire to put something into a singular narrative for the purpose of arriving at a kind of prescription for how to punish, how to prevent, and how to move forward. Uh, that may be appropriate for certain politicians, but for a sort of national conversation such as it exists, it's, it's not enough. We need to think harder and longer about the array of questions that we should be asking. I think we have to allow ourselves to continue to be confused, to struggle towards the notion of betterment. I think that there can be better, but I think that we do not find it and we cannot find it by evoking a false sense of certainty or a false sureness of belief.
The bell host that wasn't sure that she could get on the stage with Janet Mock would never have gotten on that stage. The bell host that was afraid of, what if I use the word wrong, wrong words? What if I say the wrong thing? Um, I, would, I would have stopped myself. And so that, to me, I'm very interested in what does it mean for us to cultivate together a community that allows for risk. Um, the risk of knowing someone outside your own boundaries. Um, the risk that is love. There is no love that does not involve risk. I'm a little wary because white people love to evoke the safe spaces. We have a real social predisposition to think that inaction is the worst possible outcome. Well, a thoughtful inaction, as frustrating and horrible as it can be after something as terrible as a hundred people being shot, there are much more terrible things that we can do if we permit ourselves to be lashed to the belief that we must, in the most draconian way possible, prevent such things from ever occurring again. There are cures that are worse than this particular American disease. We have a real social predisposition to think that inaction is the worst possible outcome. Well, a thoughtful inaction is place to begin is to recognize that the fact that the problems we face are inescapably complicated and that we are implicated and compromised in things that we reject. Um, the, the first thing for us to do is just recognize that that, that is the starting place. So too much of the time, I think, when we confront that kind of complexity and complicity, we respond to it by saying, there's just nothing I can do to solve the entire thing, and therefore I am not going to do anything. So for me personally, one of the things that has been really important and really useful is to ask this question. That is, if I really take seriously that I can't completely fix this, what can I do? Um, so what, what are the things that are possible? point, I think, for me and for any of us who actually care about the world is to recognize that we can do almost nothing individually and that the, the trap of purity politics, the, the way that it causes us to do nothing, is that we think that we individually need to do everything. So one piece is just starting from the refusal to despair and a refusal to kind of collapse into hopelessness in the face of complexity. And the second piece is to adopt a kind of practice of collectively determining and building capacity to work on things that are within our scope, within our reach.
This concludes another performance of The Broken Window Garden. Have a good night.